You're listening to The Marn Report. Well, hey, hey, Fort Stewart, Hunter Army Airfield. This is Molly back at it again with another edition of the Marn Report podcast. And this week, I am joined by my friend, Mr. Brett Cowan. He is the installation energy manager. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And you work for the director of public works, right? Correct. Sweet. Well, thanks for being on the show with me. Yep. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So this week, I would like to talk to you about Energy Action Month, right? It happens every single year in the month of October. Correct. Cool. Uh, But before we get into that, can you tell me a little bit about what an installation energy manager does? Uh, Sure. Uh, Basically, my job is to, for one, improve the energy efficiency and reduce the energy consumption and also water as well of the entire installation. Um, And I can do that in all sorts of ways. You know, I can uh, try to track utility usage and see where there could be potential savings at a facility level. Um, I can pursue various types of energy projects, um, including renewables cool. that can kind of help us reduce that or get us away from uh, fossil fuels. Yeah. Um, so pretty much all, all sorts of things to improve the base's overall energy efficiency. Awesome. And just improve the environment. Yep. Way to go, Brett. You got a cool job. Yep, thank you. Somebody's got to do it, right? And you're doing it. So that's awesome. Okay, so back to Energy Action Month. Tell me a little bit why that, what is it, and why is it observed every October? Um, I've actually never looked into the history Mm -hmm. of the, you know, why is it chosen in October. Um, But usually it's a big push by the army for just energy awareness um, for everyone who works uh, or is both in the army or uh, working for the army Um, so this year the theme is uh, readiness through resilience energy security equals national security Mm -hmm. and if you're not familiar with energy resilience um, it is all about making sure that we can maintain the mission even if there is a disruption in power. So if for whatever reason, Georgia Power stopped sending us uh, electricity, Mm -hmm. um, would we still be able to, you know, deploy troops, for example, or deploy equipment, you know, during that outage? Sure. Um, So it is basically essential that we are capable of doing those things because you never know know, when the army is going to be called upon to act. and so you may be wondering how, you know, your average person, you know, might be able to improve or at least help that yeah. energy resilience. Um, and one way is to essentially help me in my job, which is to, you know, be more efficient in your energy use mm-hmm. um, or just reduce your energy use. Um, and kind of before I go into the tips or anything, I do want to kind of mention like what direction the army is going. So we're kind of following the army climate strategy, which is essentially a document that is factoring in climate change um, and the kind of objectives of the Biden administration to essentially address climate while also still, you know, being, you know, combat force ready Mm -hmm. um, throughout the army. So some of those objectives include, you know, implementing more microgrids on installations, um, reducing the greenhouse gas emissions of our facilities, um, 
reducing, or sorry, moving to uh, carbon pollution free or CPF uh, types of power, mm -hmm. like electricity. Um, and then also, some of you may have seen the replacement of non-tactical light vehicles or uh, non-tactical vehicles or fleet vehicles to electricity equivalent. Sure. Um, so those are kind of a few objectives that are kind of the aim for the Army climate strategy. So it is also my job to try to get Fort Stewart to follow, you know, those objectives. And so some of the things that we are doing is, you know, we're pursuing two large uh, microgrid projects, one at Fort Stewart and one at Hunter, which can essentially help support our entire installation or at least the base load um, during an event or an outage event. Mm -hmm. You may have also seen, you know, the charge point or the solar charging stations that have gone up on oh, the yeah. installation. Can't miss them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's kind of our first batch of charging stations on the base and there's going to be more to come okay um, once we finalize our uh, electric vehicle master plan and also you know when we get more and more of these electric vehicles sure and then also we do have a new um, contract in place right now a it's on it's a called a utility energy service contract they're going to replace all of the lights within around 284 facilities both at fort stewart and hunter so collectively those two locations um, change out all the internal and external facility lights to leds awesome so that'll be a huge um reduction yeah in energy usage no kidding Get it once those facilities are changed out Sure. I, it, it's, it's almost hard to believe that in 2023 that we have facilities that aren't LED, right? Because we we're probably all right. LED at home. Right. But that's great. Right. Yeah. And you'll definitely see a lot of facilities, you know, on the base having some much older like external <laughs> lights. Yeah. Um, yeah. No kidding. Oh, and I forgot to mention, you know, so the types of facilities you're looking for, unfortunately, we couldn't hit all facilities. Sure. Um, so... The types of facilities it would be would be kind of your defects, mm -hmm. your admin facilities, your um, headquarters buildings, sure. um, your gyms, heavy traffic, and your CDCs. Yeah, pretty much any heavy traffic facility. We kind of we tried to target um, some of our more high use facilities. Oh yeah. Or also some facilities where it's a bit more costly to change out lights, like you're talking hangars. Oof. Or, yeah or any kind of overhead protection area that has mm -hmm. a bunch of lights underneath it. So sure, somewhere we have to go up really high to change Right, the right. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, so tell me, we talked about the charging stations, right? On yes. Post. But I remember when we were talking about the charging station several months ago when they first started coming onto the installation, they were just for our fleet vehicles. Yeah, you mean government yeah, vehicles. Or, yeah, right? sorry. Yeah. Sorry, government vehicles. Right. Um, however, uh, is, has, is that the same still? Has that changed? Uh, are people able to um, charge their personal vehicles now? Will they be able to in the future? Yes. Yeah, so as of right now, there are no restrictions on who can charge. Okay. Um, there is MCOM guidance out there that says that um, government vehicles get priority of course. over anyone's POV. Sure. You know, luckily, luckily for everyone right now, you know, the price is set for free. Mm -hmm. um, I am working to get that changed <laughs> because, you know, 
as much as we would like to, we can't really give away uh, free electricity. Of course. Um, so the price points that I'm trying to implement will cover the electricity costs for mm -hmm. us, um, but also cover some of the O&M or the operations and maintenance costs uh, associated with trying to maintain, you know, these pieces of equipment. Sure, sure. So I'm working with both RMO and I think the staff judge advocate office to oh, yeah. get that kind of policy letter cool. uh, all firmed up and ready for garrison signature. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's great because I mean, obviously uh, a lot of people, um, if they're able to, are switching over to electric. I mean, it's just the way to go. Better for the environment, right? Right. Better for your wallet yep. in the long run. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, if their car is running low on a charge, they're not gonna be stuck here. Awesome. Okay, so you said that you had some tips that you wanted to get, right? Yes. So um, one of the, I, I guess I'll just cover some of the primary ones that I like to focus on is uh, essentially just turning off lights when not in use. Mm -hmm. You know, this can go from, you know, like a conference room in your building or maybe just a bedroom sure. in your house. You can just shut off those lights. You know, it's much better to shut it off as opposed to leave it on because you're, mm -hmm. you know, using all that electricity. But that also extends to external buildings. Uh, I guess you could say one of my pet peeves whenever I'm riding around the installation is seeing a lot of external building lights on. In the daytime? During the day. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just... I kind of ho I'm hoping that more people are aware that that, you know, just shutting off those lights, at least for the day, is a huge energy saver mm -hmm. for the base. Um, and then in addition, you know, to help kind of me out or Kanuchi, who's our um, electrical distribution uh, UP contractor, you mm -hmm. know, they cover all the electrical just uh, ah electrical distribution on the base. Sure. Um, to help them out is that if you see any uh, street light that is on or parking lot light that is on or flood light that is on, mm -hmm. you know, during the day, you just get the pole number, which is a number like right near the sure. bottom of the pole. Mm -hmm. And then you call in a service order with that pole number. Awesome. And then Kanuchi can address it, you know, awesome. get it shut off. All right, so we're, we can be our own installation energy managers, Correct. right? Like, yeah. we can take the power and, and make sure we can help you out a little bit, right? Right. Good. Awesome. What else you got? Another one is if you come to the installation like me to work and most of your work is done in front of a computer, mm -hmm. you know, just making sure you shut off your monitor or any other uh, incidental pieces of equipment mm -hmm. that you may use um, once you leave for the day. Yeah. And, you know, even though... A lot of technology is great now, like energy, like monitors, for example, or energy star rated, and they'll mm -hmm. go into a standby mode. You know, that is still drawing electricity. And yeah. it's not a lot, but it all adds up, especially if everyone is kind of leaving their <laughs> monitors, you know, in that sure. standby mode sure. um, overnight. Um, another one is, you know, figuring out where your thermostats are mm -hmm. in your home or your facility and just making sure that there are no big pieces of pieces of office equipment near that thermostat okay. especially equipment that could generate a lot of heat yeah because what happens is the proximity of that equipment to the thermostat basically messes with the reading on the thermostat 
So the thermostat will think that it's much warmer in yeah. the space than it actually is. So while you're kind of shivering at your, your desk, yes. the thermostat thinks it's like 76 or 75. <laughs> well, when we're done with this podcast, I will run around building one and make sure nobody, because this building is freezing. So right. somebody has to have a big piece of equipment by their thermostat. <laughs> yeah, that could definitely be a contributing factor for sure. That's awesome. I did not even think about that. So that's a good tip. Right. Um, um, awesome. Keep going. Another interesting one that I came across a year ago was uh, making sure, you know, if you have a refrigerator in your office or mm -hmm. obviously you have one at home, um, but if you make sure that you cover all of your uh, liquids, mm -hmm. like so just don't have any open bottles of liquids or likewise any open containers of food. Because what happens is all the uncovered food or liquids uh, release moisture and that mm -hmm. causes your refrigerator to work extra hard to get rid of that moisture from the space. That's so crazy. that just causes more, you know, basically causes your refrigerator to use more energy unless mm -hmm. you, you know, either your home or your yeah. building from using more energy. That's wild. Yeah. And also kind of gross. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I don't know how many people like leave uncovered foods there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's also the thing about you know it'll absorb some of the odors Blah. that are yeah <laughs> yeah. No, so, thank you. <laughs> so here's another benefit, you yeah. know, to making sure you cover yes. your food. Yes, please <laughs> get some food covers or just containers with lids. Oh, and on the same note, you know, LED bulbs. You know, mm -hmm. even if you're in a home which you know unfortunately that UESC contract won't cover you mm -hmm. know you can make the switch to LED lights you sure. know LED bulbs are kind of all the rage right now yep. and for good reason it's because they use about a third less the wattage mm -hmm. as your normal uh, fluorescent sure so those are a big help. Yeah, and I actually think that um, anybody who lives on on-post housing can go and get those LED bulbs for free through the Balfour Beatty um, housing offices, I think Yeah, they I think they can go to those offices and yeah. request new lights. And, and I think all air of Air filters, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's especially one too, like, you know, making sure that you are checking your air filter or changing it out, mm -hmm. like, um, every so often, just because, you know, it'll pick up all that particulate matter that's in the air, it'll mm -hmm. get clogged up and that reduces the efficiency of your air handler. When, yeah, and then it might break it too, right? right? So yeah. you're not only reducing the efficiency, you're causing it to potentially go out. And right. in Southeast Georgia, even sometimes in the winter, you don't want your air conditioning to ever right. go out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I definitely experienced that once and yeah, it was not too. enjoyable <laughs> yeah, for I think, the two to three weeks that yeah, it was out. Right, I think every every new Georgian has, must have to go through it or something. Right. You know, you have to go through it once and then you learn your lesson and it never right. happens again. <laughs> Uh, well, do you have anything else? I do have one question for you. Sure. Um, so pretty soon in the next couple months, we're going to undergo um, our annual installation exercise, right? And yes. from what I understand, we're doing a black start exercise, yes. um, which kind of rolls right into the theme of this this year's Energy Action Month, right? We're going to go we're going to go dark. Right. Yeah. So that's an exercise that Big Army is really pushing for mm -hmm. all installations to do, not just Fort Stewart. Um, but it is to kind of test your, basically do like a real life test mm -hmm. of your, you know, installation's energy resilience by shutting off power. Sure. So DPTMS has scheduled or has planned to incorporate those Black Star exercises, which basically means just shutting off everything. Right. They've kind of scheduled you know, portions of the base 
yeah. um, for each exercise that they'll do. Sure. Um, with the intent, the intent being that, you know, once we kind of go through the whole base and test that, we'll be ready for the kind of overall black start that I think IMCOM will come down and kind right. of ass and assess us on. Sure. That'll be, you know, encompassing the entire installation. So sure. the entire installation will get shut off, you know, at the same time. Right. Um, so yeah, that is definitely an important thing. Yeah. Um, I will say that if you are just so happen to be affected by the outage, the best thing you can do is, you know, hey, if you think your building should, you know, is critical mm -hmm. and or you think that there should be working or, hey, you work in a facility where a generator, you sure. have a backup generator and it didn't come on, mm -hmm. you know, we definitely need that sort of information when mm -hmm. we have that test. Um, just so that we know where our gaps are sure. and we can address any issues. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, being having at least someone there at the facility, yeah. you know, when the power goes out to mm -hmm. kind of take take down all these observations and sure. send them up is definitely uh, very useful for us. Oh, yeah. And um, just for our listeners out there, we'll make sure, again, like I said, th this exercise is coming up. Um, but here, you know, from the Public Affairs Office, we'll make sure that you guys are notified of exactly, you know, when these exercises are happening. Uh, so you guys know to expect too. Um, but, you know, these are like exactly like you said, Brett, these are the good things that we must do to make sure that if it ever happens for real, that we're prepared. So, right. yeah, this is pretty cool. It's like putting your program in the spotlight, but in the dark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. It'll be cool for everybody involved, I think. Um, well, awesome. Is there anything else that you want to add before we close this out? Um, maybe like one or two water tips. So yeah. Oh, we kind of yeah, We did focus a lot on energy, mm -hmm. um, but... And even though my position is as energy manager, that still encompasses water of as well. Yeah. So um, here at Fort Stewart, if you didn't know, and this also applies to Hunter, uh, we supply the majority of our water. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty much any of our water costs are electricity costs. Sure. So by helping us save water, you're also going to help us save electricity and thus energy. Right. Um, so... One thing you could do is if you have a leaky faucet, you know, call your service order desk, whether you're, you know, living on base mm -hmm. and you're in the housing area, you can call BBC or sure. if you're in a barracks, you can call or in a, another facility uh, bathroom, you can call us and call a service order okay. to get that address. Because, again, that's just water going down the drain, <laughs> being wasted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And then this is not exactly, I guess you could say, or this is something that pretty much everyone can do, even at their home outside of Fort Stewart, is I know a lot of people like to leave the sink on while they're brushing their teeth. Yes. But, you know, just shutting that off, you know, while you brush your teeth. You may, I know you, some people may just like the sound of the running water, but, <laughs> yeah. but that also does. You're wasting waste, so much water. Waste a lot of water as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, or how about, like, um, What's your take on like kid baths or showers? Like which a bath or a shower? Which one do you think uses more water? Or is this all just a myth you're about to bust? I don't think I've actually looked into that. I mean, I've certainly heard things about how showers use significantly less water than baths. Right. Um, I'd probably stipulate that it depends on how long your shower is. <laughs> Very you know? true. You could be taking like for a sure. three-minute shower and you're good. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you sit there for 20 minutes, you probably <laughs> yeah. filled up the bathtub maybe <laughs> three two times. or three times. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think it's also, it's all really dependent on, you know, yep. 
on the individual, you know, to be conscientious yeah. of their, you know, water use. So, sure, sure. You know. I, that's a fair answer. I just, my mom would always tell me, don't take a bath. It wastes so much water, right. you know, and it's just something that's stuck with me for yeah. my whole life. So I just always wondered, you know, is that actually, is that the case? Right. Well, they do actually have, you know, lower flow, I guess you could say shower heads mm -hmm. for showers as well. So that would ser certainly uh, ring true for the whole <laughs> bath versus shower yeah. debate. <laughs> yeah. Know? Okay. There you go. All right, everybody, get your low flow shower heads so yep. you can conserve water. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be like, I can't get the soap out of my hair. Right. But you'll be conserving water. <laughs> right. Well, I think there's a happy medium yeah. with some of those. So, yeah. Know. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think I covered up pretty much everything I wanted to cool. discuss yeah. with you. Well, I really, I really do enjoy you coming on uh, the podcast every single year to talk about Energy Action Month. Because um, I do think that it's really important, energy conservation, not just in the month of October, though, right? All right. year round. Right, exactly. This yeah. is just your gentle reminder. Hey, yeah. you should be doing this. <laughs> yeah, even though, you know, the awareness is brought up in mm -hmm. October, you know, saving energy and water is kind of a year-round affair, so. Yeah, yep, totally agree. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Brett. Again, this is, you're, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> yep, thanks for having me. And, of course, if you have any questions, you can also uh, get more information sure. off the website or even just contact me as well, so. All right, everybody. Well, that would be it for this week's edition of the Mar Report Podcast. This is Molly, and that is Brett. And we are signing off. If you or someone you know needs crisis support, dial 988. This three-digit dialing code connects directly to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, where compassionate, accessible care and support is available for anyone experiencing mental health-related distress. The 988 Lifeline helps thousands of people struggling to overcome suicidal crises or mental health-related distress every day. There is hope. Call or text 988 today.